jive on a bayou street. Blues man strumming that slide guitar. Motown drummer with a Detroit beat making ends meet. Welcome back, Kittitas Valley Sports Talk fans, to another episode of your Kittitas Valley Sports Talk podcast. I am Eric Sorensen, joined by Sammy Henderson, John Goodat. I, guys, we, it, this, we can't have that song to bring it in. We got to go something different, right? It's rivalry week. Central Western. Yes. Western. You suck. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fellas. I we were going another route with that. I was, I was on edge for a second. <laughs> hey, we, we got chills flowing. It's rivalry week. The, the best game. You know, there's two things. Uh, the weather outside today, right? It's warming up. The wind's blowing. Snow's melting. It means two mm-hmm. things. The first one's irrelevant right now. we got a few more weeks before spring sports. Second one means rivalry basketball season is upon us. We already had Duke, North Carolina over the weekend. But who cares about that game? we got Central Western on the docket, man. Let's go. Yes, big time. Big time matchup in the GNAC this week. And I'm, I'm thrilled that it's on a Tuesday during the school year. If you remember, this was a rescheduled game. It was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be Saturday the 30th, like right before New Year's <laughs> Eve. So no kids. And Western Central rivalries never do well on Saturdays. So the fact it's on a Tuesday night, we're not on a three-day weekend or anything like that, this is like the perfect time to have it. Absolutely. It was one of those, when we had the postponement, I was kind of like, that sucks. About There was a bigger part of me that's like, thank God. Like, you know, we're able to have an atmosphere uh, that that hopefully can resemble uh, what, what this uh, rivalry is all about. And I think, you know, I don't want to say it's a back-to-back game, but we just played them coming off the heels of like a, basically a last-second loss. Um, from a motivation standpoint, it's still fresh. And from a diehard fan standpoint, um, I think that will – I hope will help with uh, with help with attendance since uh, the first game was so close, uh, didn't go the way we wanted it to. But uh, what was it? Seven sixty-eight. I can't. Ninety-eighty-eight. It was close. It was something else. Yeah. I remember watching yeah, it on the old was, iPad that night. They, they made a Western made a uh, shot with one point three left to mm-hmm. go ahead. So when you said basically last second night, it was, it was, yeah. and you know, we've had a string of those in the last, you know, 10 years ago. I want to say there's at least four, maybe even five now, uh, where somebody clutched up and rivalry game made a big basket. And unfortunately, I think the Wildcats have been on the losing side of the three out of the five games. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but that's the way the rivalry range. Game. Yeah. That's that's the way the rivalry games are supposed to be. Um, right. But I really hope is that what I really really hope is that um, we get a rivalry attendance because uh, mm-hmm. I was kind of telling you guys in text messages today based off of photos there from Carver Gymnasium up there in Bellingham, uh, there was plenty of seats available, and that's uh, I don't know if that indicates the rivalry is watered down or or what or we're just in a different, just in a different time of life, I guess, where there's so many other distractions. But to me, this yeah, is it's, it's hard to tell. There were there were 671 people, according to Western stats, that were at that game, and uh, I feel like we had more than that last for some years, not too long ago. Yeah, uh, outside of Nicholson Pavilion. So I'm hoping uh, 
I know it doesn't take much for the campus and for the athletic department to promote this game. Uh, usually there's a giveaway and, you know, they do something big, but like, as you said, the climate that we live in now, it's a, uh, it's a little bit different. And, uh, I'm sure that played a huge role in uh, attendance for the game, but I, I expect there, I, I expect us to hit over the, over a thousand uh, tomorrow night. I hope you're right. Yeah. So last time I remember watching that game this year. And if anybody else at central was watching, that should fuel your fire enough to get there and watch the game on its own. I mean, we don't like the guys in general, but then we lose by two points at their house and guys. And, and it's so much like we are going to talk about in a little bit about the GNAC tournament this year. There's a lot on the line for this game. Good news is they're playing it because there's a point system. As Sammy was informing me earlier, but it's just, I'm just, you know, there's a lot to be in this game. You know, it's the Western Washington versus Eastern Washington, right? You got the the hillbilly Cowboys versus the hippies from Bellingham. And it's just yeah. uh, so much is built to this thing right now. And, and you know, like I remember watching this game on TV up there and they're dressed up as in their overalls and their straw hitting out of their mouths and stuff like that. Right. And I think that fueled the fire even more for me personally on this one, but I, I'd like Central, you know, unfortunately they lost to the to Western. They lost to St. Martin's right after that, who is the number one team in the GNAC at the moment. But then they come back and beat Northwest Nazarene. And, and you know, you go to their website, and this week ahead of them is huge. I mean, they have – let me make sure my computers – we got Western on Tuesday. We got Fairbanks on Thursday, Anchorage on Saturday. Uh, two of the teams, Anchorage and Western, are ahead of them in the standings at the moment. So uh, kicking this week off with beating the crap out of your cross-state rival – would be huge for playoff implications, I would assume, heading into this week. All three games, I mean, should have like a playoff kind of atmosphere. Western Central, obviously. Um, uh, Western, or uh, pardon me, Central Anchorage, you know, that's a playoff seeding thing. And then Central Fairbanks, I mean, let's remember there's two kids, uh, or kids, there's one kid and one coach named Sparling on that. That should pack the stands anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be honest, I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later this week, but there's going to be some pro Fairbanks fans there on Thursday as well. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to go back to the Western Central game from just a little bit ago. We shot the lights out. Yes. Both teams shot the lights out. Uh, Western was 50% for the game. We were 52 and a half. We were 46% from the uh, three-point line, 86% from the from the charity stripe. I mean, seriously, no wonder we scored 88 points. It just Western was just as good. Um, does that happen again? I don't know. Um, I'd like to think that we would – I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, but that must have been a fun I, – I only watched bits and pieces of it on the, on the stream, so – I didn't get to see it all, but I mean, even the Christmas, what a great shooting yeah, game. Yeah, it was it was your classic like rivalry where one team goes up by a decent amount, the other team goes on a run, and then it, it's just kind of a back and forth affair. And uh, you know, moments where each team was like, Oh, they're about to take this game over. Oh, nope, they're battle back, battle back. And uh, I think the big difference in that game was was Western size kind of got to us. They out-rebounded yeah. us, had 15 second-chance points, and that that was the big difference in the game for, from what I saw. It was just some of those where you're like, you got a good defensive stop. Oh, nope, they got the rebound, got it back up, scored some points. I mean, we they didn't kill us in the paint, 
uh, we outscored them uh, scoring in the paint, but it was those second chance points, those those offensive rebounds, get 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 it put back in. Uh, that that was that was for me the, the biggest difference in the game. And they are they're a big team. Western's always big. Western always has the size advantage over us. They get some tall boys over there. Well, why I, I wonder why that is. I I don't I don't uh, I don't know. Maybe they have a history of big men, and so that just is a natural pipeline. Then. I, well, I, I mean, like I think I think Dominguez Dominguez. I mean, he he likes them, and you know, tall. Uh, somebody that's staying near seven foot, <laughs> uh, not the most athletic, and sometimes six eight six nine kids who are athletic. And uh, they don't have anybody down low who who necessarily terrifies me. They're just long overall. They got some big kids, and uh, and they you know to me, hard and, and but Central compete and they're rare. I thought I went to the game the other night against NNU and we shot the lights out. I thought we were going to win by fifty. Yeah. Uh, NNU came storming back, but the, this Central team, man, they can they can shoot and they can run and they play hard defense, and uh, you got guys rebounding up and down the court. Well, on the stats well, on here, it shows it that. Nine. Go ahead, country. Oh, Go the ahead. Score. They had they. Their, the score was tied nine times, and there's eleven different lead changes throughout that last time they played. <laughs> yeah, it was back and forth, back and forth. It, it was. It was. It was painful to watch as a fan because it's. I mean, but it was exciting. But also, it was like you know your team gets it, and you're just like uh, uh, emotional <laughs> roller coaster. But that's but that's what you want, right? Yeah. When you're you're really watching the game, you know. I would love uh, to beat everybody by forty, but there's there's some excitement when uh when your teams you see the fight in your in your team and you see those guys clawing back and you know, playing with emotion and you know just having that. You know, if I think there's any coach, you know, Rent has lived the Central Western rivalries, you know, as a player and now as a coach, and so. Uh, I know he's got those kids fired up to compete against them. You can see it on the court when they play it. What uh, do we, do you find, I mean, let's go into coach mode here. Do you find us like changing the game plan and going a little bit harder in the middle? Do we give up a couple of fouls just to establish a little bit of physical dominance uh, in the paint? <laughs> I don't know. I used to think that getting fouls was bad, whereas a, Whereas coaches will tell me, hey, getting a couple of fouls in the paint early on, punch them in the mouth, that might make them hesitant, the mental strategy behind it. Yeah, I think I think absolutely. They're, they're, I mean, you're going to go back and watch film. You're going to see, you know, if if coach agrees with me or, or not on, on, you know, getting beat up on those second chance points, points of emphasis from the last time you played is, is going to be important. Uh, anytime you take a loss and anytime you win a game that's close, you're going to go back and look at that video and be like, oh, here's here's some areas we can improve. This is what this team does. And this is how it impacted us. What are we going to do to help minimize this or counter this next time we play? And so I think that's going to happen on both sides. So I'm interested to see. I don't. I, I really don't think we're going to get another barn burner that's 90 to 88. I'm going to say this game's probably going to be in the 70s. Um, I think you're right. I think it'll be physical. I think there's going to be some bodies hit the floor. Oh, Sam, you, just... you should have been ready for that. You should have played that song there. I know. I'm <laughs> slow on the. I'm slow on the button, man. Because actually, I was just kind of as a. This is a. There's no scientific fact of what I was about to say, but I was thinking about this high scoring game there, and I'm like, man, I wonder if it could it be a 
uh, 99, 96 central hits a last second, you know, three quarter oh, shot. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. If, if, if that's where we get to, I, I, I mean, if, if it's a last second shot where we win at the buzzer, I mean, this dude right here is rushing the rushing the court. Oh. Good chance I'm going to be topless as well. So, I mean, you the, <laughs> there's no rules. You get the crowd what they want. Let me you gotta get the fans what they want. So. Well, <laughs> since we're talking about that, maybe before we get into some more stories about this rivalry, maybe, uh, nope, wrong one. Hold on a second. There we go. We got this. What is your prediction? Final score of this rivalry game tomorrow night, Nicholson Pavilion, 7 o'clock Western. You suck. 77-70 Central. That's what you saying, 77-70? I had in my head 72-67 because we all want the euphoria of a last-second win, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if my heart can take that, <laughs> so let's get a you know a two-position cushion. 72-67 Central, but it comes down to you know the last couple of minutes. What about you, country? I'm going to go – ooh. This is tough. I was going real high. Let's go 86. Do it. But Wildcats retired at 86. Wildcats hit a three-pointer on the last second shot going down the floor. They have to pull up to get it off in time and hit a three-pointer. So 86. Wildcats win 89 to 86. Okay, we're going to revisit this. Absolutely. I've got it marked down right now. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before we move on to our quick break here in a minute. And we had a we did have a listener reach out to us about this rivalry game that's about to happen. It's no it's no secret that we don't like those guys. They they can't keep their football program going up there. They don't have a baseball program. I mean, what is your life like up there? I come on, I don't get it. It must rain or something. I don't know. But uh what you know, what is it about this rivalry that me I already said my little piece about it. You know, it's it's the fact of uh they think we're little hillbillies over here in Ellensburg, right? Or this is the farm kids. Well, I hate to tell you, we buy tractors that are twice the amount of your cars over there. So just put that out there yeah. for people to see. Um, so don't stick your nose up at us, all right? We actually make money off of what we buy when we do that too. So anyways, my getting off my soapbox here, what is it that makes this rivalry for you guys before I bring on Coach Tony Quirk's video he sent us? I can tell you what makes – so my – I have a cousin who is very um, – well, I'll name drop Left Coast Recruiting. I, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's my cousin, Jason McCleary. So he follows these guys, the entire Northwest and the entire Left Coast. And so these guys have such notable names in the 206, 253, and, and 425 area codes that they're going to go either Central or Western, you know. And so there's just so much recognition and respect between the players and coaches because they're all being recruited. They're all considering both teams. And so there's so much knowledge and respect for both teams that I don't want to be overly dramatic, but it's a little bit of a family reunion. These guys played high school ball against each other, club ball, travel ball, AAU ball. They've been recruited. They, I mean, the, the coaches know each other. I just think that there's so much uh, crossover in terms of players and, and recruiting. Um, and these guys have been rivalries. Maybe they're Metro League rivals. Maybe they're SPSL rivals. These guys have hey. known each other since middle school, right? And maybe even before that. 
And to me, that's what makes it so like it's it's a big rivalry to me because I'm a central guy. You just it's in my blood to not like Western, but the, I've never played in the game. And so but these guys, it's just yet another rivalry. It's just a, it's a different jersey, yet another rivalry or continued rivalry. And I just think that makes it better um, that these guys know each other so, so well. And um, it, it's exciting. And so, I mean, I bring up my cousin, Left Coast Recruiting. You know, he doesn't have an allegiance toward Western or Central, but he understands the importance of, of the rivalry. If he doesn't go to the game, he's always texting me. So I guarantee you he's going to be texting me all day tomorrow and during the game because even him as like a one-off fan, he understands the importance of, of this small school rivalry. It's not a Western or it's not a UW-Wazoo thing, but it's an important rivalry to the Northwest. Absolutely, and I, I agree with John uh, that, 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 that that dives into it. For me, uh, coming over to Central, like I, I didn't know of the rivalry before I moved here, but when I started school here and was in the athletic department, it was like, Hey, so you know we hate Western. I was like, sold, <laughs> done, absolutely. I'm in. Hate these guys, and that was in the span when we had football, and, and you know it was a big deal. Those, I mean, we played them at at Seahawks Stadium, Quest Field, you know, and we'd bring in thirty five thousand people, and it was it was loud, and uh, there was there was I want to say hate, you know, it was there was a hate mm-hmm. involved, and uh, whatever they did we didn't like whether it was uh recruiting uh building structures anything they, yeah. they did it was just like oh it's stupid they're dumb they're uh, uh and so it's kind of you know when you're a part of central when i was but it, it was just kind of built into the fabric of being a wildcat was that we hate western they are our foe mm-hmm. and uh as a, a fan like i am and a homer like I was all in. I didn't even need to know their, their school name. I didn't need to know their colors. All I need to know is that we ate them. And that was enough for me. And uh, I, I think losing football kind of drawn that out a little bit. Uh, that was a huge, that, that was, that was the real, you know, conflict right there. Cause just like, as John said, you know, we're rosters on basketball with, you know, 12 to 15 guys for football. We got a hundred dudes on each side all played against each other, competed against each other, didn't like each other then, going to different schools. You know, we recruit different people. We recruit different types of athletes, different types of character. And uh, part, I, I don't think those guys get along with each other very much. And uh, right. so moving on to John's point, it's, uh, you know, it's already in their fabric to, to battle against each other and uh yeah i it's i hope i hope we can get back to that that frenzy tuesday night where there's a lot of people and a lot of a lot of uh bad tastes in people's mouths it'd be great well speaking of the football let's hear from tony quirk about his message to the western wash the people of western washington let's see what he need to to hear him what's up kids test valley sports talk fans Tony Quirk here. I was asked by my good friend Eric Sorensen to weigh in a little bit about the Central Western rivalry. And personally speaking, from my time there, a lot of it just kind of came down to everything they had was a little bit nicer, a little bit newer, a little bit cleaner. We'd see them on the road and they looked a little bit sharper. But at the end of the day, 
from the year of our Lord, 1922 to 2008, we had 101 meetings and we handed it to them 62 times until they cut their program. And they can call it funding reasons or the university going in a different direction, but at the end of the day, if you know, you know. And Western rhymes with what? Go Cats. <laughs> ah, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some more chills on that one, baby. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, Quirk, Quirk was involved in some of those rivalry football games. Yes. He, and those things were heated, man. They were hot. And, uh, there was, and those were typically the two top teams, you know, in, in the GMAC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a, he, he, he was born and bred, same as I was, from, you know, the same, the same breed. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, we just grew up the same. Cut from cool. the same cloth. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Well, Kirk look- was, uh, he was part of the, you know, obviously, uh, I, I'm sure he redshirted. So four years of playing, five years of, of uh, football rivalry. But then he was also, um, well, country, I think he was part of your clan, uh, your group that uh, would research the crap out of the Western basketball players and pick on them about their hometown. Maybe their girlfriend was ugly or something like that. I mean, um, you know, I'm never one to uh, to dog out another guy's girlfriend, but uh, um, it was amazing. It was a science. It was a skill. How wonderfully personal our um, our fans were. And to me, it never went over. Uh, it never went. Uh, it never went across the line. It never crossed the line into being inappropriate. Um, cause to my knowledge, nobody ever got kicked out. Um, and Sammy and I, we've been to many, many of those games as, as on the press table. So we got to see front and center, what, um, some of the rabid fans would be like. I just hope that we bring that kind of intensity tomorrow or recording this on a Monday. I hope we bring that kind of intensity on Tuesday. That's right. If you're listening to this, make sure you're at the game tomorrow night, get out there, yell loud. I learned at a very quick I wasn't say young age, but it was like my first year, first fall at Central. I came from Big Bend. We were the Vikings. We're blue and green and whatever. I wore a Viking shirt into the weight room. And Tyrell Nielsen, football player, lots of history against Western, informed me very – and it was a good thing I was friends with him probably because he's like, Eric, <laughs> don't you ever wear that in this place again. I was like, I, yeah, sorry. Sure, he said it with that same language too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, great. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back and wrap up uh, with a little bit of local high school basketball hoop talk. Are you a company looking to support local athletic coverage? If so, think about sponsoring the Kittitas Valley Sports Talk podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring, please reach out via email to eric at bigcountrymedia.net to find out more information. Whether it's the main sponsor of our sports podcast, getting a company shout out on the new 2022 YouTube video series, sponsoring our monthly rodeo podcast is just a great way to help support local coverage of all local sports and rodeo from our great Kittitas Valley. Please check us out on our social media by searching Kittitas Valley Sports Talk, or again, reach out via email to eric at bigcountrymedia.net.
All right. We're back. After being riled up about the Western Central rivalry, let's get in some high school hoops where we finished up regular season over the weekend. We are getting prepped and ready for the district playoffs. And there's there's a lot going on. Unfortunately, there's one a couple of squads that aren't going to make it into the districts. But we got some good ones going in, and we got some contenders in this valley, both the upper county and the lower county, that will be bringing home hardware pending no catastrophic failures in the playoffs. Let's start with Ellensburg because I don't think a lot of people are going to want to get matched up with the Ellensburg girls on their side of the bracket. No, they're, they're absolutely not. And I actually, there was a, Ellensburg had a game, I believe it was against Othello that was supposed to be made up that ended up not being a video, but it could have. And word on the street was that it was supposed to be Othello. Othello was like, nope. <laughs> we'll take a forfeit if we have to play that game. There's no point in us making the travel, no point in us making the trip, no point in us uh, making that happen. To, uh, to We're, we're going to take an L in that game. We might as well let things fall where they're going to fall. And right now, Ellensburg taking on the number one seed. They will play the winner of East Valley and Grandview this Thursday, 7 o'clock in Ellensburg. Uh, both teams, um, I believe they had running clock on uh, last time they, they've met. And uh, they should they should be they if all things go well their closest game they had Prosser, I think they won their first game against Prosser. Prosser's the number two seed. And they'd have to get through either Othello or Freda, which Othello beat Prosser in their last matchup. So no guarantee um, that Prosser is going to get through their matchup. Uh, Ellensburg played Prosser, I believe it was last week. Uh, Semi close first half, uh, you know they. They, they played tough and uh, got some calls from the referee that kind of slowed the games down a little bit. Uh, but Ellensburg is still locked away. I think we almost got to a 40-point running clock situation near the end of that game if we didn't, um, even with the bench out there. So um, Ellensburg's girls are looking to, uh, you know, kind of keep grinding away on their way to state and hopefully find a good seat there. I know that, uh, you know, we both follow the, we all follow the uh, WIAA's RPI stuff, but I think we're all familiar with the Evans rankings too, which has a little bit of a different formula in, in, and I've been watching his rankings more closely. Two things I've noticed, Ellensburg has been moving up in the rankings. They're now number two against Tom Water, which I think we can all agree. We're not coaches, so we can look ahead. That's we're placed on off ends of the bracket. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is uh, uh, Ellensburg's strength of schedule, which was their kind of uh, Achilles heel early on, despite trying to play as many 4As and 3As as they could. Their strength of schedule was, you know, really taking a hit, but I've noticed that that's gone up into the the, the winning percentages, 40% or whatever, the teams that they beat, which is still nowhere near where Tumwater is. I think Tumwater's uh, opponents are, are much more... Um, battle tested or whatever you want to say in, in there. But um, I think that's the, for, for basketball fans of the entire state, not just one team, that that's kind of a matchup that we're all looking forward to. No disrespect to the, to the rest of the, uh, the, the two A rankings, but man, oh man, those are two kind of powerhouse teams that we're all kind of looking forward to, looking forward to seeing. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, the fact that, you know, I think we were all talking about going into this year that Prosser was going to be the 
the team to maybe catch us sleeping, but looks like uh, Thello caught Prosser sleeping a little bit, which to me, I think shows just the strength of the CWAC um, uh, for both for both the uh, for both the boys and girls. Because if you think about it, Owensboro had for boys to kind of flip the uh, flip the script here a little bit. The Owensboro boys had a great uh, end of their season as well in terms of winning when it was important. And and uh, so I think both district tournaments are going to be really fun to watch for for both teams. Absolutely, the boys. Uh, clinched the number two seed in, in the districts, which was, you know, at the beginning of the year, it was kind of kind of iffy. They got Gavin Mars back. He's been playing fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, still finding his legs, still finding his rhythm, still still uh, getting into basketball shape. And so that's that's a very, very good sign for the Ellensburg boys. They play the winner, uh, Prosser and Afreda, which Afreda just knocked off Sela and Sela Sela kind of fell. They were in that number two spot, number fighting for the number one, dropped the fifth. And uh, Ellensburg took a tough loss to Prosser. I was talking with Coach uh, Country here before before we got on, and Prosser just beat us up. And so that's going to be an interesting matchup. And Afreda, I was telling I was telling Coach all of these teams, like I I'll watch them and I'd be like, they're, what's their record? Are you kidding me? Like there's some really really good teams on the boys' side. And it's, there's no clear-cut favorite. You got the women's side. It's you know Ellensburg's clear-cut. They're gonna they're gonna win. They're supposed to win. They should win by almost four. The game that they play on the on the boys' side, I think it's a complete toss-up. In this district tournament, has a shot in the district yeah. tournament. And it's up. like Grandview. They don't want to see Ellensburg. We're a terrible matchup for Grandview awful if they see us they're gonna that's the last team they want to face and for us it's prosser prosser beat us twice and they are physically stronger than us they know it and they implement that into the game they beat us up they i, I didn't get to see the game in prosser but last week they beat us up uh but they got to get through an afraid of team who is tough like the, their record does not indicate how good that team is and you know, I don't know if that's COVID. I don't know know what if, if we had a regular, regular non postponed season, would this have all looked different? Potentially, but it's it's going to be a tough tournament for the boys. Yeah, they got. We're going to talk about boys. We got to talk about the Clay Allen boys. Those guys had a dominant season, uh, sixteen and one. Won the west uh, side of the EWAC. Um, if they're not playing in Spokane, I'll be shocked. I'll be I'll be really really surprised. Well, I think they're the team to look uh, for in that. To be there, yeah. Their only loss is to Ellensburg. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I mean, for for a two B team to lose to a two A team, I think that was less than less than ten points. I think you talked about uh, you, Sammy. You talked about Prosser's physical uh, prowess. I think for Cleelum, not to take anything away from the from their skill, but uh, if there's a taller team than Cleelum in the B schools, that's a that's a very very tall team. Uh, Cleelum is just there's no other team in the in the EWAC that's remotely as tall as them. And if if Cleelum can just use that to their advantage, uh, eventually they're going to run up against a team that's just as tall or uh, maybe just as good at, at some intangibles. But Cleelum should ride that to uh, ride that to Spokane. Um, and I'm, I really look forward to seeing that happen. 
They open up on the ninth of districts against Walla Walla Valley Academy, and they will take on the winner of Prep and White Songs. I'm assuming they're probably going to beat Walla Walla Valley Academy in that one. And it looks like the team that they're going to have to face up with the other divisions, the Columbia Burbank, is the team out of the other side who is, I believe, undefeated with one loss uh, overall, but undefeated in their conference too. So I'm excited. I think the Warriors are going to be heading to Spokane. Uh, I honestly do. I think they're going to get there, and I think they're going to be a team bringing home that hardware come Saturday. That's for sure. Right. right. It's a tough team to beat for certain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know a lot about who's 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 around in, in that uh, in that uh, level to, to to be there, but they they're going to be a handful for whoever they play. Unfortunately, uh, you know if they. Oh, go ahead, John. Go ahead, go, John. Just going to say. But again, we can look ahead of time. I, I don't know prep off the top of my head because I didn't see them. But the kid that's just played White Swan, um, and nothing nothing against White Swan, but uh, Clem will will roll White Swan. Um, last last time they played White Swan, they won by nine, 18. Yeah, and I I see that being a, a I I I don't. That actually kind of surprised me that it was, quote, only 18. White Swans got um, – They won by 28 the time before. <laughs> okay, yeah. Swans got some um, decent size in terms of just bigger dudes. But if Cleolum runs on them, those bigger dudes are going to be gassed quick. Uh, whereas Cleolum's tall, slender, lean, and mean kind of thing. And Swans got bigger dudes that will pound on you. But if you get a step on them, there's no way the Swan's going to be able to keep up with, with the Warriors. Um, in Tri-Cities prep, uh, it seems like they have a little bit more athleticism year after year. I didn't see their team at all this year. But it wouldn't surprise me to see um, prep take, take Swan. And uh, got to see the White Swan teams this past Saturday, actually. Um, and... Uh, they beat the Kittitas boys. Kittitas needed to win to get into districts, and they didn't get that W. Um, pretty close game, uh, back and forth, lots of ties, lots of lead changes. Uh, and then Swan pulled the way in the last four minutes to where it was about a three-possession, three- or four-possession game in the last two minutes of the game. But uh, but on the flip side, the Cleon girls who also didn't – or pardon me, the Kittitas girls who also didn't make uh, the regional tournament, but they had a really nice upset over White Swan. Uh, White Swan was 11 and 7, 11 and 6, and I think number two in our on our side. And uh, the Kittitas girls got them, and uh, I was really happy to see that. Uh, that was our only league win for Kittitas. Uh, and uh, um, you know, they only graduate, uh, they graduated a couple. Um, none of them were, uh, uh, only one of them was a kind of a part time starter. So Kittitas brings back a lot of youth, uh, most of them ninth graders that it were half of them are starting as eighth graders. Um, so hopefully kid a task and those lumps that they've got uh, as, you know, underclassmen and put together in the gym and on the AEU circuit or summer league circuit and, um, you know, get some games up in their belt, uh, non-high school games under the belt this spring and in the summer. I'm sure they will. Absolutely. Well, that kind of wraps up our high school prep sports for the, for the hoop side of things, I know there's some people yelling at us right now. Feel free to reach out and anger to me. I got gotcha. you. 
we didn't cover any high school wrestling. We got big things happening in the Valley, and we are going to dedicate an episode next week strictly for high school wrestling in the Kittitas Valley because they are getting through their districts this weekend, and then next week they should be heading to regionals preparing for that Tacoma Dome trip. So, guys, thank you. I appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to talk tonight. Go Wildcats. Beat the heck out of them Vikings. We don't like them. Let's whip their butts. Just do it, right? The hillbillies are going to beat the granola eaters. That's <laughs> what they're going to do. They're going to beat the Ewoks. That's yeah. right, baby. Go Wildcats. Nothing more okay. to say to that one. Kittitas Valley Sports Talk is produced by the Big Country Media Podcast Network. For more information about your Valley Sports Talk podcast, please check out all of our social media pages just by searching Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. And then please get on and check out all of our past episodes. You can find those on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. But I can help you start, just give me a call. If you want to ride.